are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you in just a second why I'm laughing. <laughs> well, 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 welcome in, welcome in on this Tuesday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi, your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau insurance agents. All right. I was giggling to start the show, and here's why. We have begun. This is a live radio show, and I have still... It's my fault. I have not talked to Beaver yet. Now, you may or may not know, he and I are not in the same place right now. So I don't know if he can... I don't know if he's... I'm going to (laughs) confirm... <laughs> that he's here. Hey, B. I'm just confirming that I'm here. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to be honest with you, Beaver. I lost track of time, okay? <laughs> you were probably sitting there going, Matt's connected, but I hadn't heard from him yet. Look, I, I'm sitting here watching Sam Pittman, the Arkansas head coach. Okay, and ironically, I was watching it. He's doing this interview on SEC Media Day stuff, Beaver, and ironically, I'm watching it going, man, this is so boring. (laughs) But while I was watching it, thinking I was bored, it didn't dawn on me that time was ticking away and a radio show was about to start, and I needed to talk to you. Beaver, I hope you weren't worried. Were you? Well, no, because here's what was going on over here. Okay. And typically, you know this. So, come in here. I turn on the buttons right. so you can hear me and I can hear you. Right. Not on the air, of course. Right. But when I turn on a button, your little thing over there, you can hear it. Right. You, you know. Uh huh. You, you know when I'm there. Right. But you also know that a lot of times, what I've what I'll do is sit here and not say anything for a second. Yeah. Because then I tell you, I go with the old Michael Scott. I am declining to speak first, <laughs> even though be- <laughs> he, he spoke first by saying that. But what what had happened, I turned it on, and two full minutes went by. Yeah. And so at that point, I said, okay, well, this is basically a staring contest at this point. <laughs> and I like to think I won. I think you did win um, because me, I wasn't even aware we were having a staring contest. I'm just over here going, La da 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 dee. Look at here. Here's some media day. And and I look up and go, oh, wait a minute. We should be. <laughs> and about that, about the time I was going to reach over here and turn my mic on and go, hey, Beaver, I heard music, which meant the show had started and here we are. And so it, it just surprised me. And that's why I was laughing. I'm one of those people, Beaver, that a surprise, somebody startles me or something surprises me. I don't go, oh, I laugh. My reaction is to laugh. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened. Right? I said, like, oh, whoa, the show's starting. And so I began by laughing on the air. Well, at any rate, Beaver, how are you? I'm good. Okay. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure you're good. Uh, the stream is up and running. So hey to y'all. Got the text line open for you here on this. What is today? Wednesday? 
I'm kind of losing track. Yesterday felt like Monday. It was Tuesday. All right, so today is Wednesday. Text lines open to you. Phone lines are open. Let's get it on in here today. Whatever you want to get into is cool with me. Hey to everybody watching the live stream. Uh, parts unknown. Uh, Sven on Facebook says, Hail State, everyone. We're right back at you. Danny's watching on YouTube. Greetings from Ringgold, Georgia, he says. Watching today on YouTube. Gave us a Hail State with an exclamation point. And Yudo says, Greetings from Germany. And uh, gave us a little football emoji as well as the German flag. And the American flag. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Feel free to drop a comment there and we can get into whatever. Let me uh, set something up for you real quick that, uh, that we're about to delve into. Media days. Yeah, SEC media days. Really and truly, are, are y'all into it? Feel free to shoot me some feedback, you know, because any of that feedback is going to help. If you say to me, Hey, I love this media day stuff. Even though Steve Spurrier called it talking season, I love talking season. Okay, well, that helps me. I want to hear that, you know, and shoot me some feedback. But also, by the same token, if you're like, man, look, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I'm just ready for practice to start. I'll just talk in a talking season. If you don't like it, I'd, I'd be curious to know kind of how you feel about it because <laughs> for me, it's sort of like, you know, I'm tuning in, and we're looking to see. I was really interested yesterday just because it's my school, right? I'm, I want to hear what Arnett and what uh, Woody Marks and Will and Jaden and those guys said. But all the rest of us, like I turn it on, I go, uh, what is this about again? <laughs> we got some interviews. Is that what this is? <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, I just wonder, are you tired of it? Because, like, you know, you gear up to it. It starts on a Monday, and then by Tuesday – it's like, okay, my team, whoo, what'd they say? And then look, now it's Wednesday, and it's, now what? Are we just wanting to go play golf? I will tell you this, too, just from an end, and I hadn't been in a couple of years. Uh, I used to go every year and do a show at Media Days. But last couple of years I haven't, including this year. So last year, this year I miss. But in the past, you know, it became a four-day event. And even there, I, mean, I can tell you is even there at the event and like in the hotel and then Radio Row. It's like Monday, everybody's like, woo, yes. Tuesday's like, okay, ah, we're back. Wednesday, everybody's like, all right, enough of this. And by Thursday, I always just almost felt bad for the remaining couple of coaches that had to make an appearance on Thursday because everybody's just getting the heck out of Dodge by Thursday. Like, enough of this talking season stuff. Although, I will provide you a live update. Uh, let's see. I, it, I think it's right now. I think it's going on right now. Yeah. It says live on the screen, so technically it's supposed to be live if it says that on the uh, screen here. Uh, this is Nick Saban. Here he is. Let's see what Saban said. Would you throw an advantage throw? making decisions in the passing game to throw it to the right guys at the right time in the right place and accurately. So who can do that with the most consistency and be a leader on our team who has an impact on the other players is also important because quarterback may be one of the most difficult positions to play if the people around you don't play well. Uh, don't, you don't so, say. Uh, I think that's a challenge for us too is to get the people around our quarterbacks to play well uh, so that's a, a, a little easier for them to be able to have success at the position when they get the opportunity. He's talking about quarterbacks. All right, so that's Saban. It said live. I don't know if that was a recap or what, but I just thought I'd pump it in there, and we'll see. Uh, I do know that, what, Kiffin's supposed to be there tomorrow, 
And today must be saving day because, I mean, there's Alabama fans hanging out in the lobby of the hotel there. They just gave us a shot of that. So anyhow, um, we'll, we'll get into all of that with you today. Plenty of time. But for the most part, since a lot of the talking and the interviews, uh, not all, but a lot of those that happened for State and its coach and players yesterday were a little later in the day. We're going to come into some of that, and I picked a few things that are meaningful to me that sort of made the light bulb go off that I heard from Arnett and from Woody Marks and from Will Rogers, and so we'll get into all of that, okay? All of that. So get your texts on in. I'm about to come to your text messages, by the way. Hog Jowl and Bentonia and Tim and Joe and Anthony and Bill and everybody. I'm coming to your text messages on the Country Pleasing text line. If you want to text the show, do it. Here's the number. 601 number, 885-3776. Got it? 885-3776 or 885-ESPN. That's a way to remember it, 885-ESPN. Also, uh, call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. 995-1059, a 601 number, 995-1059. And again, tip of the cap, literally here. To everybody watching on the live stream there, we got uh, Jason, who's also turning tuning in in uh, Ringgold, Georgia. Robert's checking us out from Myrtle Beach. What up? Sven's happy. we got two viewers in Germany. Gene gives me a shout-out from Vicksburg. I wish I was in Vicksburg. I love Vicksburg. And uh, Danny said that he watched Zach Arnett yesterday. Thought he handled himself very well. I believe he's going to make a great head coach. Yeah, I thought he did too, Danny. I thought he handled it okay. Um, you know, and I, I think I have kind of learned over the years to sort of differentiate between, you know, the way somebody coaches versus the way they talk. I, I do know that, you know, it is important. Coaches need to be able to communicate, do it effectively, and even fire up the fan base. I think Zach checks all those boxes. And what really is going to check the boxes is the team ready to play when they run out there. And just based on watching him coach his defense the last few years, if that translates over to the entire football team, I can tell you they will be ready to play. Uh, that's how I feel about it. All right, here we go. Country pleasing text line. Country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves. I did, I will confirm <laughs> that I did open that package of jalapeno and cheddar. Got it started. Ate some for breakfast this morning, in fact, so I'm good to go. Hog Jowl texts the show and says... Sam gave a great minute or two on the loss of Mike Leach. If you didn't see it, it's worth listening to. Yeah, was that Hogjall? I assume that was at the big podium. What I caught was when he was just sitting at the desk, kind of, you know, shooting the breeze with the analysts. Uh, I did not see him at the big podium, but I will go try to check that out. Ben Tony, a Bulldog, Texas show, and says, couldn't care absolutely nothing about it. Talking about media days, he said, let's talk fishing. Let's do it. <laughs> What kind? Where? When? I'm ready. Tim texts the show, says, Matt, I'm a longtime State fan, but I find myself pulling for Freeze. Well, how about that? Tim, he's got him a second team to pull for, Freeze and Auburn. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about that, Tim. I think it's a maybe a conversation for another time, maybe next week or whatever. But, you know, it's um, you look at a guy like Petrino, uh, certainly not a sparkling reputation over the years wherever he's been. And the same thing, you know, for Coach Freeze. But it, for guys like that in a profession like coaching football, it, it's it's almost rhetorical, but, like, how would we answer this question? 
how long does it take or should it take for someone to go away before they are allowed to come back, right? And do you give them a clean slate and you know, all that kind of stuff? Like, you know, there's all kinds of angles to, to get at that from. Joe Texas Show says, I've never cared for preseason stuff. I just want to see good games. I'm like you. I, well, look, you say good games, but I'll admit, Joe, every time August rolls around and we get the Hall of Fame game, the NFL preseason Hall of Fame game, even though it's a, it's the worst football game, even can't even really call it a game. It's terrible football. <laughs> but I get so excited to see them run out there and hit each other every year, even for that. So actual game action ball in the air, that's why, like, for me, if you were just trying to get me, me, just me, to sit in front of my television and watch the SEC Network, you wouldn't put this stuff on TV. You'd just show games from last year or the year before or 10 years ago or 15 or 20 years ago. Because <laughs> I'll sit and watch that because there's a ball involved. But, you know, all the talking, I, I have a hard time sitting in front of all that. Anthony Texas Show, he says, I don't mind talking season. It helps put me the, in the mood. I, I get that. That's the way most people feel about it, Anthony. I think that's why they do this. There's a big market for it, and it does. It is a ramp up. And look, the SEC, to its credit, I don't even know that they call it Media Days everywhere. Their 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 logo says SEC Kickoff or something like that. You know, so it is. It's a it's a primer. That's all it's meant to be. You got to do something in July, right? Why not? <laughs> Bill texts the show, and he says, I don't even know why they do this anymore. It's about as fun as wearing a tie. Attaboy, Bill. There's a carryover from yesterday. And uh, G in Florence says, Matt, I'm liking SEC Media Days mainly because I'm more than ready for college football. See, that's what I'm saying. You know, if it – now, here's an old country term for you, G. But if it wets your goozle <laughs> – you know, it's like a dry, hot day. You hadn't had anything to drink. Just anything kind of wets your goozle. Uh, if it wets your appetite, yeah, which this does. He says, I hope you're doing well. Thankful the Lord walked you guys through the medical scare. God bless you. Yeah, thanks, G, and he did. Uh, God's timing was, uh, you know, uh, incredible. And it's one of those where you look at you obviously know. You can't explain it. I can't explain everything, but. You can look at some of the things that we went through and the timing of it and obviously know that uh, he had worked some things out for us. And how could he do that for, for us? How could he? How? And then sometimes you go, why? Um, but certainly thankful indeed. J-Rock Texas Show says, I'm not all that interested, but uh, it's all we've got right now, so why not? And Tiger David Texas show and says, who is you and Beaver's preseason national champs? Well, David, uh, I'll just answer that. And I'm not answering on behalf of Beaver, but I'm just kind of cutting it off. We're not a prediction show, really. And I don't get into that a lot. Here's the thing. The older I get, I'm starting to get to an age where I'm old enough to go, you know, every minute, every hour, every day that I have could be my last I really hate to just blatantly waste my time that I have left on this earth. And when it comes to college football, preseason predictions, preseason polls, um, predicting the SEC West, the SEC East, making lists of the top five quarterbacks and the top ten QBs and the top ten 
running back, you know, all that stuff. Like I heard yesterday at Media Day, some guy who's just there, he's like, nobody knows who he is. He's just got a job reporting for like 24-7 sports or something, and he he's questioning Will Rogers and says, do you think you're a top half of the league quarterback? Because in my rankings, position rankings, I have you, at, and I just, I'm thinking, give me a hammer, and I'm going to knock myself out right now. Are you kidding me? Who are you, first of all? And, and secondly, really, regardless of who you are, you have a set of court preseason quarterback rankings that anybody's supposed to care about and comment on? I mean, let's just go stand out here and watch paint dry for 10 seconds, and maybe that's a better use of my time than entertaining that. Is that, is that enough for you, Dave? I mean, it's just... Who? I mean, it'd be one thing. If Nick Saban himself sat up there and goes, you know what? I came here with a list of the top quarterbacks that we face, ranked them in order in the SEC. Well, I'll be honest, if he does that, which he's not going to do, I'd lean in and listen. But some guy, I don't know his name, never heard of him before, and he works for some, I don't know, website, 24-7, and, and he's questioning the quarterback about his quarterback rankings. Shut up! Hey, Matt Wyatt. Hey, what's up? Yeah, you, okay. So my thought was, and you kind of just touched on this three seconds ago. So the fact that these lists exist, I get it because a lot of people, magazines or it, a lot of internet folks who do this stuff, they got to have content. You got to do something. The fact, okay. yeah. yeah, the fact that it's out there, I'm okay with it. But what I find so ridiculous about this, if you, Matt Wyatt, who are just sitting at your house in Tupelo thinking how ridiculous it is that this anonymous man is saying this to will rogers right imagine what will rogers is sitting there <laughs> thinking you you're coming at a player saying oh you know i i only have you whatever he said let's say eighth in the league i only have you eighth that's it's pretty that's dumb and it's quite frankly disrespectful to the player you're it, talking it to. absolutely is it, that it, seems absurd who do you, who are you who are you and and beaver that's the thing it's not like I'm lo- I'm not walking around looking for an opportunity to take a shot at a media person who you know there's a lot of them they're trying to have a career they're doing different things fine put your lists out there but I'm like you beaver you seriously going to walk right up to a guy and start questioning him and the context is the list that you made about quarterbacks in the SEC and where you rank him versus where he would rank himself what what grade are we in? And, you know, and look, they're all gracious. Will was very gracious. He kind of laughed. He, he goes, well, where do you have? What do you think I should be? <laughs> and, and I think he goes, he answered it eventually. He goes, well, you know, I know where I would have me, but whatever. I'll just leave that to everybody else. <sighs> because really, I, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you run into. And it's, and I guess it's innocent enough. And if you're a big time, but certainly – quarterback and i've been through it to a degree it was a long time ago in the 90s but i've been through it to a degree where when you're the starting quarterback you do have a lot of media opportunities where they're asking you a lot of questions a lot of different people you don't even know are asking questions and you have to just roll with it whether it's a good question bad question whatever but i saw that yesterday and it, it just hit me i think man you know there there is something there is something connected to 
our love for the sport of college football. And and I don't know how you name that something, okay? But it's a big old swath of people who latch on to it. And some of them even get involved in it on the maybe the reporting and the media side who just have no clue or understanding of any of it. <laughs> and I guess maybe it's true for anything. Bless his heart. Hey, see, now, in the South, we can say just about anything we want to say about anybody as long as we finish it with bless his heart because then we're, we're sort of doing it in a nice way. Right? Like, I mean, that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen. Bless his heart. <laughs> See what I mean? He, I tell you what, old guy over there, he he works hard, but he's dumb as a brick. Bless his heart. <laughs> That's the way that works. <clears throat> All right, so just getting started with you. Up next, what did Zach Arnett say yesterday that stood out to me? I will show you and tell you. Also, Woody Marks, the running back at Mississippi State, gave an answer in an interview that I'm going to play for you. And he was already one of my favorite players because he wears the same number I used to wear at State. Okay, that's silly. He's the toughest guy out there every week, it seems like. But he's now my favorite player, hands down. And I'm going to give you the answer as to what made that happen. All coming up as we get started with you today. I'm Matt. In the Bureau. Stick around. Hey, whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game, you're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, back with you. Let's go. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team. Nick, text the show on the country pleasing text line at number 885-3776. 601 number, 885-3776. is the number to text the show on the country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. Nick said, the top three things I hate. One, wet firewood. Two, downhill putts. <laughs> and three, random lists. <laughs> random, right. Well, I ranked uh, the quarterbacks in the SEC, and I put you at four. <laughs> How come you're not one? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Mickey Mouse. But look, I'll say, you know, Nick, um, downhill putts, I don't mind downhill putts. It's just how much downhill. How downhill is it? I don't mind a little downhill. Right to left. Every now and then. Jake from Yazoo, Texas Show says, ha, ha, ha. Did you guys hear the best interview so far? It was the Chick-fil-A CEO. Seriously. No, I didn't hear that. Shoot me a link, Jake. I'll click it and watch it. Uh... And Patches O'Houlihan, he's on the all-name team around here. He texts the show and said, you know, Matt, 
Will's response to that asinine question only proves his poise and maturity. That's you, what you want as a leader on the field and in the locker room. So wherever that reporter has Will ranked in his rankings isn't even worth talking about. That's it. You know, that's a really good point. Instead of actually engaging the your list and kind of adding credibility, he's like, eh, whatever. Where do you have me rank? You, know, you tell me <laughs> your rankings. And, it, and he was nice enough not to roll his eyes and go, oh, come on, buddy. Because then you go viral and you kind of look like a jerk. And look, I, I, you know, the Southeastern Conference, they're not credentialing a bunch of hacks. I mean, you know, there are people that they do figure out who they are and where they are. And I'm not saying that guy's a bad guy. I'm just saying it's a, it's a kind of thing you run into at some of this stuff this time of year or whatever. All right. So from Media Days, let's get into it a little bit from yesterday. First up, here is Zach Arnett. Head coach, Bulldogs, Mississippi State, talking at the podium. And he opened up his comments and his opening statement with a little bit of a nod to Mike Leach. Good afternoon. Thank you all for being here. Uh, real quickly, before I start out, I would like to acknowledge and mention that I, I have seen the graphic listing the word count for uh, every head coach's opening statement last year at this event. And Coach Leach's was seven. I, seven words, and so, uh, you know, I've already said too much, and that combined with wearing a tie, I'm sure I've disappointed him a little bit here today, but uh, in recognition of his, his tremendous impact and influence, uh, not only in the game of football, but on myself, right, I'm, I'm going to do my best to keep this, this short and sweet. There's a little bit from uh, Arnett and Leach. You know, and I loved an answer, too, yesterday that Will Rogers gave. They said, you know, in honoring Coach Leach, and he said, I think the best way to honor him is to play the game as hard as you can play it on every play for a full four quarters because that's what he preaches all the time. If we just, And if we can go do that, that's the best way to honor him. And Leach would, I think, enjoy or appreciate that answer also. All right, Zach Arnett, he was asked about Kevin Barbet, when you interviewed him, what was it about his offense or his answers anyway that led you to hiring him? And here's Arnett's take on that. Kevin Barbe had some great running backs at Central Michigan, Appalachian State. What drew you to him as offensive coordinator? Yeah, obviously we, we talked to a lot of different candidates in this offensive coordinator search. Uh, and the first question to every single one was, all right, tell me what – your offense looks like? What's it going to look like? What's the identity out there? And obviously you get a lot of different answers. And I think the most refreshing thing talking to Coach Barberry, Kevin, was when I asked that question, the response was, well, I can't tell you that until we figure out who the best 11 players are. Uh, and that was refreshing to hear that level of humility because that's how, that's how I was brought up in this business. The guys I learned from on the other side of the ball was, right, you don't determine what your scheme is on defense, who you line up there, until you figure out who your best players are. Because right, ultimately, that's the job of a coach, to get your best 11 players on the field. Then obviously, you got to have a two deep, so you got to figure out who your top 22 are. So to hear that from him, uh, that, again, that was refreshing, that level of humility. Kevin's done a really good job everywhere he has been. Right? Very efficient on the offensive side of the ball, and yet very good at creating explosive plays. And everywhere he's been, it's looked a little bit different because the players are different. Right? Your job, Your job on offense is to get the ball in your most explosive players' hands, right, hopefully in as much space as possible so they can do what they do, right? 
and he recognizes that. He's been really good at doing it everywhere he's been. Uh, obviously, we got started on that job in spring practice, and we're continuing that process. But we're going to figure out who are the best 11 guys to have out there on the field to give us the best chance to move the ball and score points. If that's 10 personnel, we'll be in 10 personnel. If that's an 11 or 12, we'll be in that. But simply put, right, players and coaches do not influence and uh, player coaches in the scheme do not influence and affect the players. The players influence the scheme that you run. All right, and so we're going to figure out who our best players are and get them out there and in position to be the most successful so we can move the ball and score points. What about that answer? So, again, it's an opposite take and approach on offense to what you had under Mike Leach. Mike Leach's deal was, well, we're going to throw the ball a ton, and you can call it what you want. We're going to spread it out, get in a shotgun, throw it all over the field, and if we have tight ends, we're going to move them on. And, you know, it's an opposite approach offensively from from we have a system and you, we're going to get people to fit the system to I'm going to see what players we have and put a system together that fits them but that's the defensive approach that has been Zach Arnett's defensive approach is let's see who our players are and then we're going to figure out what we're running based on who they are and what they can do well now you're going to have an offensive sort of approach that fits what you do defensively I will say it is identical philosophy offensively to what Mullen did when he came from Florida, what he did at Florida, it's what he did at state over the years with different quarterbacks and different personnel groups. Is it would morph and change depending on what the personnel was and what they could do. Um, 2012 Mississippi State offense under Mullen looked totally different than 2010. 2014 looked totally different than 2012. 2015 under Dak with Dak Prescott looked totally different than it did the year before. I mean, and you just change it based on personnel. So it's more, it's like a, it's, that's a Mullen deal. And I'd say it's probably more common. All right. Arnett asked about probably the best position group defensively, and that is linebackers. Return a pair of 100-plus tackle linebackers in Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson. Just talk about what they mean to your defense in the middle and what you guys are hoping to accomplish this season. Yeah, we got a lot, we got a lot of turning guys on our, our football team. Obviously, you talk about that defensive front. Uh, you know, we got, like I said, defense tackle Jane Cromedy here along with others. But it's nice when you got the two leading return tacklers in the SEC coming back. Uh, you feel pretty good about your front, you know, your front six, front seven on defense. Uh, you know, we got we got a whole lot of guys who they could have put their name in the transfer portal and gone somewhere else, coming off great seasons, and they didn't. Right? And I think that speaks volumes about how they feel about our program, the directions it, it's headed. Uh, you say you mentioned Jet and Buki. Now we need them to take the next step in their game, right? They made a lot of plays for us last year, and now we need them to elevate their game and bring the other guys along, right? Put their arm around those, those younger guys who are going to have to fill their shoes after this year and lead, show them, lead them on a daily basis how it is you go about preparing and doing your work so you can have that success come Saturdays in the fall. But there's a lot more that goes into that. So there you go. Um, older guys. Now, we mentioned this yesterday, but listen to this group. All right. You have a core at, at linebacker for state. Here's why I brag on that group. I think we all need to know this going into the year. And this is an if you keep them healthy question here. But you got a core group of old guys, seniors, redshirt seniors, fourth, fifth year guys, COVID guys, that kind of thing. Four of those. Okay. Then you got like a couple of sophomores that are listed as sophomores. They may be second or third year guys, but they're listed as sophomores. 
and then a huge group that are all first or second year college players kind of underneath those older guy groups trying to get into the depth chart and may have to play depending on injury this year. So here are the names. You've got four old guy seniors at linebacker. And this is, again, if you keep them healthy, this is an excellent group of older guys at linebacker. Bookie Watson, Jet Johnson, J.P. Purvis, Deshaun Page. Four super seniors who can flat out go get it. And as good as they were, and their coach is sitting here talking about we need, to, we need them to take their game to the next level, if they take it to the next level and stay healthy, there's no doubt in my mind it's one of the better linebacker groups in the conference. Now, then sophomore guys. Okay, you have John Lewis, who was hurt last year from, from Germantown, and I'm telling you, if John stays healthy, this is a year for him. If John Lewis stays healthy, this is a year where everybody's going to know who John Lewis is. You got Nick Mitchell, who I thought was really good in the spring. He's a redshirt sophomore, so second or third year guy. And then a whole bunch of freshmen, you know, coming in beyond that. So a good core group of older, up to six guys there. And then all these younger guys who are going to try to get in and play for you. Um, It's a heck of a group at linebacker. And if you keep those old guys healthy, and it's an if, but if you do, they got a chance to be really good at that position. More from Ironet and his players at Media Days coming up here on the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Here we go. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. You can call me on the Divini phone. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. Right here at home at Divini. The number to call is 995-1059. If you call that number, you'll talk to Beaver. And then you'll talk to me, and we all get to hear your voice. And So anything you want to get into is fine with me. And you can also text the show on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage, on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. Walk in there and say, Country Pleasing, please. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, texts the show, and he says, How long is it going to take the offensive line to get used to the new setup, splits particularly? He says, Isn't that one of those things you just have to do in a game? In order to get used to it, he says, that's my biggest concern. You know, I, I I am a little less concerned about that, Jason. Now, I do think, yeah, there is an adjustment and, and doing it on the fly together a lot. But here's part of the reason it's less of a concern for me is your most of your base run scheme stuff is still zone steps anyway. There's a few variations of different things you're going to do. But it's like all these guys have played in one of those systems or another at some point in their career. And and when it comes to zone run blocking, you know, yeah, whether we're, you know, larger splits or tighter splits, 
it, it really is about kind of working it out together, but it's less about knowing what to do. You kind of know what to do. It's just more about kind of working that out. And the other thing that I think leads to, Jason, me being a little less concerned about State's offensive line group this year is they are so deep and veteran. And, again, it's kind of like linebackers. If you keep them all healthy, it's – and if you don't, some other guys have to step up. But, I mean, listen to the names. Again, you talk about making adjustments – but listen how veteran these guys are. Okay, a lot of these guys go back to before Leach. <laughs> well, most of them do. Cole Smith, center, grad student. Cameron Jones, tackle slash guard, grad student. Stephen LaSoya, red shirt senior, guard center. Nick Jones can play any of them, center, guard, tackle, senior. Quatravius, Dollar Bill Johnson, grad senior. Of your five starters, three of them are not just seniors, they're graduate seniors. We're talking about six year guys. And then two other seniors. You got senior, senior, grad senior, grad senior, grad senior. That's your top five. And then in terms of depth, look at who else is there as a part of their depth. Um, Percy Lewis, he's going to play for you some. Six foot eight, 345 pounds. <laughs> Albert Reese has started and played a bunch of games for you at tackle. All right, Lewis is a senior in terms of eligibility. He came from JUCO. Uh, Albert Reese, who he played some tackle last year, 6'7", 320, big old strong rascal. He's just a redshirt sophomore. So now you're up to seven guys. You really are going to find eight, but somebody who's a freshman is probably going to work their way in there. We'll just have to kind of see who that is, and it may be the freshman from Laurel. Malik Ellis, you never know. It could be a guy like Grant Jackson who's older, been around, redshirt junior. But the group is very, very veteran uh, for State on the offensive line. That's why it didn't really concern me quite as much. All right. Now, I will say this, Jason. It actually, because the group is so veteran, I think there's more pressure on the coach. Coach Friend, because you got that kind of experience at all these different positions. As a coach, you're really going to have no excuse not to have them where they can play some good football. But, yeah, I mean, is it is it going to look better in week five than it does in week one? Yeah, for sure. All right, back over to your quote. I want you to hear this, too. What is Mississippi State's identity as a football program under Zach Arnett? Well, they asked him the question yesterday. Here's how the coach answered it. You referenced the word identity earlier as you step into this role full-time. What is your vision for Mississippi State's football's identity under you moving forward? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I've obviously gotten that question quite a bit over the last eight months. I hope it's a continuation of the identity that Mississippi State's always had as a football program. Tough, hard-nosed, discipline. Right? I mean, it's been, it's been acknowledged for a long time in this league. Right? When you line up against Mississippi State, Right? You better pack your lunchbox and, and hard hat because it's going to be a physical game. Right? I mean, that's what Mike Leach wanted. And when I, when I first interviewed with him and talked to him about, about what he thinks, thinks are the important things about developing a winning football program, right? it's not talking about scheme. It's all about the effort with which you play with, the physicality and the tenacity. Right? Simply put, being the most excited, passionate team who lines up on a field excited to play the game. All right, and that's kind of been Mississippi State's identity forever. I mean, that's who we are at Mississippi State. All right, so I, I hope we can, it's a continuation of that identity. Because if we, if we can 
ensure those things as we get through training camp. We, if we can have a football team who lines up excited to play, right, with a physicality and a determination, right, and a, and a disciplined football team, you got a chance in every game, regardless of scheme. All right. Effort, physicality. Build it on that. He's so right. Scheme is secondary to, you know, the effort and the focus that you play with. And talent's in there also. I mean, really, talent and effort is going to have to even come before scheme. You have a great scheme. You don't have talent. You certainly don't have effort, one or the other. It's going to struggle. You have those. You can run almost anything make it work. All right. Woody Marks is and has been one of my favorite players at State. You know, he started some games and played as a freshman when Kylan Hill was having some issues that first year under Mike Leach. Uh, he's never complained. He took an absolute beating his first year because the offense really wasn't greased. He's getting hit in the back of the head all the time. He's just gotten better and better. Last year he was, I thought, really good and so tough. He never shies away from contact. He wants to deliver the contact. He played banged up and hurt all year long. Still got out there and played. Tough guy. Where's number seven? But I love this answer. John Sokolov, who uh, does sports for WCBI in Columbus, went to Media Days and interviewed Woody Marks yesterday. Why, during a coaching change, you know, early in his career, why did he stay? You know, after Coach Moorhead left, why did Woody stay, sign, go in, and, and play and, and stick with it and go to Mississippi State? And why no transferring? Why have he stayed there? Listen to Woody Marks' answer. We was freshmen, we was all freshmen, me, Will. We all sat down when Coach Moorhead left, and we was like, I came here for the school, not the coaches. And I just, I love Mississippi State, and I love the community, so that's why I'm sticking around. All right, listen. You may think it's a canned answer. Now, this goes for any player at any school. Okay, this isn't just, well, he said, I, I love Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm a state guy. Okay, it's my school. But any player out there in today's environment that will look at the situation he's in and say, I came here for the school, and I like it here. I didn't come here for a coach. I came here for the school. I like it here. And I'm going to stick it out and play. Okay, call me old-fashioned, but I'm all for it. If it's Alabama, if it's Auburn, if it's Ole Miss, in this case, it's a kid at State. Who says? Me and my teammates talked about it. We said early on, we didn't come here for a coach. We came here for a school. We're going to stick together and play together. Thick and thin, good and bad, going to do it. Love it. As if I didn't have already enough reason... <laughs> to be Woody Mark's biggest cheerleader and biggest fan, especially in an offense this year that, that I think, especially if he's healthy, is really going to feature him. Mark my words. If Woody Marks is healthy and can stay healthy, he will play NFL football. <gasps> Did Matt just chisel it, write it down, remember it? If I didn't already have a reason to really like the guy, he's been the toughest guy on the field 
just about every time he got out there. In fact, maybe one of the maybe one of the ways that Woody Marks can can take his game to the next level is stop taking on so many big licks and to start to shed some of those tackles instead of barreling right into them like a truck with no brakes. You know, he might last a little longer, but um, love that guy. As absolutely as tough as they come. Uh, uh, Mealy said, you know, as tough as boot leather. Well, he definitely is. So I was glad to see that. All right, uh, the text line, country pleasing text line. Coffee Norman texts the show, and he said, regarding the offensive line, isn't the new offense even easier for linemen with less on an island, wide split type stuff? Well, there is, certainly in the pass game, yes. Yes, Norman. Uh, Centers and guards are going to have less time in a pass game where they are pass blocking by themselves out here in space. That's usually reserved in most offenses for tackles because of splits. But also what that means is a lot of rushing defensive ends start the play a little closer to the quarterback than they did. They used to be more spread out. So uh, there's going to be some differences and a few growing pains. They are. There's just no way around it. But I think because of their personnel, they've got a real chance to, to do something. I really do. It requires keeping people healthy. All right, hour one in the books. Hour two coming up right after this. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Your texts, your calls, your comments coming up. Stay with me.